Hey guys, it's Melissa here from MelissaOatman.com. Welcome to Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness, a daily podcast devoted to spirituality and self-help. If you're new, I want to welcome you. If you're returning, welcome back. So I want to thank you, first of all, um, those of you who follow me. You know, I took a few days off for the holidays. I was super exhausted and just needed a little bit of rest and rejuvenation and time to spend with my family, and I was able to do that, so I feel refreshed and ready to come back strong again in the new year. So I want to thank you for your patience because I know there are many of you who listen to this podcast on your way to work, and I know you still had to go to work and you had to listen to a different podcast. So I appreciate your patience and know that... um, I'm back. I'm ready to tackle the world in 2020. So I thought I would talk today about a topic that is a pretty, I think, a pretty big problem and a growing problem in our country and even in the world. And that is addiction. And when I talk about addiction, it doesn't have to mean addiction to drugs and alcohol. Some people are addicted to shopping. Some people are addicted to food. Some people are addicted to procrastination. I mean, there are a lot of different addictions out there. An addiction is anything that changes or rewires your brain. So I thought I would talk to you about it. I wanted to share my own experiences and then also talk to you because I channeled some messages from the universe for all of you about this topic. And I have had a lot of different clients over the years contact me telling me that they have certain addictions. And sometimes it's addictions to, um, to sugar. Sometimes it's addictions to alcohol. And for other people, it's I can't stop thinking negatively. It's an addiction to negative thinking. The thing about addiction is this all starts in the brain. Addiction actually rewires the brain. So we're going to talk about that in a minute. But I thought I would share my own experiences. In the past, probably, I don't know, a year ago maybe, I noticed that I was drinking more. Now, I didn't drink every day. um, But what I noticed was that when I would go out You know, if I'd go out with my friends or my family, like before, I might have one or two drinks. Well, then it started to become three or four. And what would happen is, you know, I'd just be having a good time with my family or my friends and laughing and not really even paying attention to what I was doing. So it would be like, oh, I only had two beers. And then, you know, my my daughter would be like, no, you had three. And I wouldn't even realize it. That's how it was getting. And so for me, I think a big part of it was just stress and not really dealing with the stress the right way. There was a lot going on in my life at that time. And I just wasn't even really, like I said, I didn't drink every day and I don't drink at home. Like I don't have a beer at home or a glass of wine. I don't do that. It would just be when we'd go out for dinner or something and I would have a drink. So it wasn't even, you know, and I, of course, would never go to work or anything like that. But it would be after work or something. 
And it just started like on the weekends, really was what it started for me. And then it was slowly like spilling into one or two days a week. And I started, you know, kind of freaking out because I would think to myself, oh, you know what? We're just, I'm going to eat too much or I'm going, I'm doing this too much, you know? And part of me was like, oh, do I have a problem? And so for me, I realized that, you know what? I need to, I need to not do that. And it was being conscious of that this was happening and, and making sure that I stopped doing it. But it was about living in the present moment because I wasn't before. I wasn't being present. And I was just going out and having fun and doing whatever. It wasn't hurting anyone or anything like that, but it wasn't good for me either. And it was basically just ignoring what was the elephant in the room, which is that, okay, you're stressed out about the this, this, and this. There are other ways to handle that. So for me, one of the things that I had to sit down and do is, first of all, face it, recognize that, hey, this is becoming an issue. And two, what are you going to do about it? You know, you had to come up with a plan. So for me, like I personally just talked to my spiritual team and I said, okay, I know this is going on. I need to deal with this. So I need to make a conscious effort, first of all, just to be very proactive and to be in the present moment and to know that if I go out, that I have one and that's it. And it doesn't become an issue. And I don't go out this many days of the week. So for me, I had to pay attention to what I was doing because that was really a lot of it was just boiling down to just not really paying attention to, you know, just going out and having fun and not really caring. And that's not a good thing to do. And I was realizing that that's what I was doing. And honestly, I think it's just masking pain. And I feel like personally that a lot of people get into addiction to mask pain that's going on. It's a deeper pain. And for some of us, it is childhood wounding. For others, it's things that are going on in their lives at that time. And I want to share with you another thought, too, that I have. For me, because I don't have what I would consider to be an addictive personality. But growing up, I also noticed that I would sometimes, to feel better, use food, like when I hadn't been introduced to, you know, drinking because I wasn't 21 or whatever. So to me, this is how I think that this problem started for me. And again, you might have a different story, but for me, when I was sick, I would stay with my grandma and my aunt because my mom had to work. And so anytime I was sick, my aunt was like the best at babying us, right? She would make us, like if you had, you know, obviously not if you had a stomach issue, but she would make us like milkshakes, homemade ones. And she would, you know, make any kind of food or whatever that you wanted. We'd have all kinds of junk food or whatever. So staying home actually was like, oh, this is awesome because I'm being spoiled and living with a single mom, like that didn't happen. You know, she didn't have the energy to do any of that kind of stuff when we were sick. 
So when we stayed with my aunt, it was like a treat being sick because she just absolutely spoiled us by, you know, making shakes or whatever. So for me, food was something that people gave to me to make me feel better. And it did. And that's what addiction does. Like when you, okay, so when you exercise or you do something good for yourself and it makes you feel good, it's because your brain releases dopamine and that makes you feel good. And when you exercise, your brain releases a normal amount. When you do drugs, your brain actually like releases way more than normal amounts. And so the brain is trying to actually regulate that. That is what rewires the brain. And that is what really starts like the addiction. And I think for me personally, I think food maybe does the same kind of thing. Because when we eat too much, again, we're probably giving off too much of that. And I don't know, again, I'm not the expert, but I'm just telling you that I can understand why people would be addicted to food. Because for me, growing up, if you didn't feel well, they would get you a milkshake to make you feel better. So you kind of associated this food makes you feel better. Even though that wasn't really what made you feel better, it was the fact that someone cared about you enough to go do this for you or to take care of you. But I think that we are associating the wrong thing. Like we associate the fact that this milkshake is what made me feel better. So anytime you feel bad, what do you want to do? You want to go get a milkshake or you want to get ice cream because it made you feel better. When in reality, the food didn't make you feel better. It was really the person caring enough about you to bring you this, or at least that's my experience. So for me, growing up, sometimes, like, if I would feel bad, I'd sit down and eat, like, a whole thing of ice cream, thinking that's going to make me feel better. And it never did. Of course, it didn't work. And it was only as I got older, and I'm like, oh, you know what? I don't want to, like, look like this anymore. I don't want to, not that I was ever, like, really overweight, but I was maybe a little chunky. I don't know. So that's, for me, what caused the stopping the I'm going to eat to feel better because it didn't, it didn't make me feel better. And I eventually realized that, but it took a while for me. And again, it's like rewiring and reprogramming your brain. So it's easy to see why people get addicted to things. And personally, I believe that people who are empaths or, you know, who are sensitive, I think those people oftentimes used to to drown out those feelings because if you're an empath if you go to a public place that can be very overwhelming and there's like overstimulation and people who don't have to deal with it might not understand that but somebody who's dealing with being sensitive to other people's energy you walk into a place, especially if it's a place with a lot of negative energy, it's overwhelming to the point that like, you you know, you might get a headache and you just feel off and it's not a good feeling at all. For me, sometimes I feel like off balance. So almost like, you know, if you've ever had an ear infection or something and you're like, you can't walk straight because that inner ear deals with your balance. It's kind of like that. 
which is not a, a wonderful feeling. And I, I hate that. And anytime I feel a little off balance too, it also like upsets my stomach. So if I'm in a situation like that, like I don't want to deal. And I don't, I'm lucky enough that I like protect my energy before I go out. So I don't have that as much anymore, but I know other people do. And it's very overwhelming. Like my kids dealt with that and they, oh, it just almost sends them into a panic attack sometimes which is not a fun thing. So I think that some people also, if they're more sensitive, they can be prone to addiction because it's masking what's really going on. So I thought that I would talk to you too about, you know, some of the things about addiction that a lot of people don't realize. You know, it is a medical condition. But again, as I talked about, when we do things that make us feel good, the brain releases dopamine and it not only makes you feel good, but it encourages you to keep doing what you're doing and it teaches you to repeat the behavior. When people take drugs, that same part of the brain, the reward system is triggered, but in an extreme way and it rewires the brain in a harmful way. They're getting more amounts of the dopamine. It's like extreme amounts and the brain overreacts, which is reducing dopamine production in an attempt to just like normalize the sudden shift in levels. And that's kind of how the cycle of addiction begins. So once someone is in that cycle of addiction, they're not doing drugs or drinking or eating or shopping or whatever to feel good. Now they're just doing it to feel normal because the, um, the over time, the usage leads to smaller amounts of the dopamine, and that means that the brain's reward center is less receptive to pleasure and enjoyment, and so now their brain has been altered, and it requires more and more for them to get that same level of dopamine released. So in the same way, like if food for you is what you're addicted to, before you might have eaten one candy bar and it made you feel good. Well, now your brain is already used to that. So now it's going to take more and more for you to eat for your brain to give you that feeling of, okay, I I feel satisfied, if that makes sense, which is why we get into these cycles and it's why it can become so bad. So I channeled some messages. I'm sorry. You can probably hear Nala in the background She's got a bone and she got a bone for Christmas. Now she's playing with it all over the place. You can hear her dropping it and I'm sorry. I just want to, that's what you're hearing in the background. Anyway, um, I channeled some messages though for you from the universe about this. And the first thing that I channeled, because I, you know, I just said, what do you want people to know about this? And the first thing that came out is it's not your fault. You're just using a coping mechanism that at one time worked for you, but it no longer does. And you can, you can get from all of this that I was reading about with the, the brain activity, why at one time it did work for you. At one time it did make you feel better, but now it's no longer making you feel better. You're just stuck in this pattern of behavior, whether it's addiction to drugs or alcohol or to food or to, to shopping, whatever it is. You're just stuck now in this pattern of behavior because at one time 
it did make you feel good. It did release that dopamine. And now it's not doing it as much because your brain has just been totally rewired. So the big question is, how do you get out of this? And I want to say that the very first step is in recognizing that you have a problem. And that's a very big deal. A lot of people go through their whole lives never wanting to admit that they have a problem. Even if some, somewhere, deep down, they think that they do, they don't want to admit that. So the fact that you can admit you have a problem, that's huge. And I want to applaud you and say how brave I think you are for taking that first step and admitting that there's something going on with you. And I also want you to know, and the universe wants you to know, that there's nothing wrong with you. Like you're not, addiction is actually quite common. It really is. It's becoming more and more common. And I think it's because we just have not learned coping mechanisms for how to heal that inner child. And I think that that's a lot of what a lot of, Lightworkers are here to help people recover from addiction. It's a chronic illness. It is actually a disease. And so with any chronic illness, you know, they will tell you there's no cure, but there's treatment. And with treatment, you can, you know, you can heal from this. But I'm here to tell you that I've seen people who've had other chronic illnesses like Lyme disease or I even... I was listening to someone the other day who said that she had MS and she actually completely healed from it. So to me, when they say, well, it's a chronic illness, I mean, you have to be aware that it's something that you have to treat forever. But I believe you can totally heal from this and live a normal life once again. So don't be discouraged by hearing that it's a chronic disease that you'll always be fighting I just think they have to say that because they really don't understand. I really just don't think that there's enough research and understanding of what what addiction is and really how to treat it. And I think that's another big problem is we we kind of know, but the brain is such a mysterious thing sometimes that I don't think they truly understand how that really works. So I think that that's why it is said. I mean, it is something that a lot of people battle their whole lives, but some people are able to recover and have a perfectly healthy and normal life after addiction. So I don't, I would say never be discouraged. There's always, always hope out there. So how can you start to get your life back and and start to live a normal life? So one of the things that also I channeled from the universe is, Never be afraid to get professional help because sometimes it does require that. Some people are able to recognize that they have an issue and say, okay, I'm not going to do that ever again. Some people can do that, but most people can't. So if it requires you to seek professional help, please do. There are a lot of centers out there for recovery. So don't ever be afraid to go get help. Or even if you just need a support group, there are a lot of support groups out there. There are like Shoppers Anonymous. There are, you know, support groups for people who are addicted to food. There are support groups for alcoholics, whatever. Go ahead and, you know, do a little research. Find a group that you could go to and to go visit or whatever. Whatever you need. Go to counseling. I mean, I would never, ever tell you 
you know, oh, you should never go seek help. No, absolutely go seek help. I'm not telling you do this on your own. A lot of people need help in their lives. And sometimes it's even just coaching or whatever that they might need. They might need a Reiki session. Whatever you feel like you need, you know, try it. And you can even ask your team, like, send me to people who can help me. I've done that before in my life. But the other message that the universe wants you to know is that the basis of everything is love. That is the basis for everything. And a lot of addictions start because we simply are trying to fill the void of not feeling loved, whether we didn't get the love from our parents or we didn't love ourselves. And honestly, those kind of go together. If you feel like your parents didn't love you, you probably also didn't love yourself. One of the things that I've read before that I think is so profound is that children who are abused don't stop loving their abusers. They stop loving themselves. And that is so true. And if you've ever dealt with abuse anywhere in your life, or maybe you had an idyllic childhood, but for some reason there's just something you're trying to fill there. As I said, I think a lot of people who are sensitive or light workers, they they try to really mask those feelings they're feeling when they don't realize like, hey, this isn't my energy. I'm feeling someone else's energy. Or why am I feeling this way? It's really, it can be scary, it's overwhelming, and I think a lot of people choose to dim the noise um, by using substances, and that's really not the way to do it, but I understand why people do that. So the important thing is you really have to love yourself deeply and completely, and you have to build your self-confidence and your self-worth, and for a lot of people... This is really what it boils down to. It boils down to not loving yourself enough. And it's not your fault. And it may have started with that. But once you get into this pattern of behavior of this addiction, it's hard to get out. Because again, it's your brain being rewired. And we've already talked about this in other episodes where you can rewire your brain again. Your brain can be rewired again. So it's not hopeless. You're not a lost cause. It's just going to take work. And it's a process. And within that process, too, you may relapse. It happens. That's just a learning experience. Relapsing isn't failure. Remember that it's just the universe saying, try it a different way. You know, it's us learning how not to do things or how to do things. So you should never be hard on yourself, okay? You need to be gentle with yourself, loving with yourself, and understand that you're worth living a life that you love. The universe loves you so deeply and completely. And we've just forgotten that. We really need to tap into the fact that we are deeply loved. And if we didn't get love from our parents, yeah, it sucks. But our true parents, the universe, love us so deeply and completely. And we need to be able to tap back into that love and the power that we have and realize how awesome we are and that we can do so much. We just have to take the steps and remember who we are. So I hope that, 
if you are struggling with any kind of addiction, number one, don't feel bad about it because it's not your fault. You've just used a coping mechanism that at one time worked for you, but it's not working anymore. And the universe is saying, let it go. It's time to let it go. It's time to learn and relearn. It's really all about unlearning, but it's time to learn new ways to behave, new patterns of behavior that will serve you. And it is possible. And all you have to do is take the first step. And sometimes that first step is just in recognizing that you have a problem. I know for me, a lot of what I've had to do is, number one, being aware of what's going on around me. Like being aware that I have this going on, recognizing it. And being mindful every day and being in the present moment, knowing, hey, you know what, I can control what I'm doing every day. I just have to be aware of what I'm doing. Because so often we go on autopilot and we don't even notice it. Like with the food thing, I would just like eat something and then eat something later and just be on autopilot. And then when I would stop at the end of the day and be like, what did I have to eat today? I'd go back and look. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I wouldn't have eaten that much. I didn't realize I had that and that and that. And it's, again, just paying attention to what you're doing. Same thing with spending. If you sit down and really start writing down what it is you're spending, you realize that a lot of times you're spending money for things you don't need, don't want, but just you're doing it because it's filling a void you think you have. The second thing is just making sure that you seek help if you need it. You can start with a family doctor, physician if you want, but there are counseling places. You know, I think one of the biggest problems in our country, and I think is so disheartening, is that we should be treating addiction like we treat the common cold, like it's, you know, something that could happen to anyone, and that it's treatable, and that we we pay for it. And in a lot of insurances, they don't. And I, I don't understand that. I think we have a huge problem in our country with healthcare, with mental illness, with being able to care for people and for people to get the proper help they need. Because the problem is a lot of people go to counseling that's covered by their insurance. They don't really, they don't jive with the counselor. They don't, you, you have to really like who you're going to. You have to make a connection with them because if you don't, you're not, you're not going to do what they say. You're not going to really get a lot out of it. I mean, I know that personally. I've gone to counseling. I've had counselors who were wonderful, and I got so much out of it. And I've had counselors that I was like, I don't know why I wasted money going to you. You did not help me. So you've got to find someone you trust and that you like and that can help you. So shop around. Be picky with, you know, don't just go to one person and be like, well, that didn't help. You know, you've got to find somebody you trust that you can work with. And it can be a spiritual counselor, too. People always, you know, they want to go to the medical professionals, but spiritual counselors can help you as well. And I would say also, just be very gentle with yourself, remembering that it is a process. But things like tappings and meditations, those kinds of things can really help you when you're feeling the feelings, because those are going to come up when you are healing the stuff. Those feelings come up and they have to, and it doesn't feel great, 
but it really is necessary because when you're pushing that down, that's, that's all that drinking and eating and doing all that, you're just pushing your feelings down. It helps for a little while. It's not a permanent solution and those, they're all going to come back up again. So it, it helps to heal the, really, you've got to feel the feelings. You've got to heal that inner pain and know that it's a process there are layers. It's like an onion. And when you heal one layer, there's another one. Don't be impatient with yourself and don't get frustrated. It is a process. Will you slip up sometimes? Yeah, you might. And that's okay. That's a process too. You're learning. Find people that you can depend on who will help you in this, you know, support you. Some people might actually be enabling you and that's not helping you. So you need to be around people who are going to keep you on track, help you, support you, make you feel better, not people who are going to put you down. So sometimes we have to change how our inner circles are or at least tell them, hey, this is, this is what I'm doing and I need your support and if not, I can't be around you. So don't feel badly for that. It's, it's your own health and you deserve it. You know, you deserve to live a life where you're not numbing the pain all the time. So it's important that you take the steps necessary to get the help that you need. And I know for me, I've just declared 2020 is going to be my best year. And it's not going to be a best year if I just am not even, like if I don't remember what happened the day before or if I, you know just spend all my time going and hanging out and not getting to work and not living my life and being present fully in my life. So I've decided from here on, that's what I have to do. And I hope that if any of you are struggling, you know, if you need any help, anything from me, please don't hesitate to reach out. I will, um, I will put some information in the description to this podcast for some help if you need it that you can reach out. But the first step is just admitting that you have a problem. And if you know anyone who's struggling, please share this podcast with them. And also you can share the information that I'm going to give in the podcast to them. I think it just makes people feel better to know, hey, you're not alone. And this is not something that's like unusual. It's very, very common for people to be struggling. And honestly, a lot of the old medical practices that we once utilized caused a lot of the addiction because for a while there, those big pharmaceutical companies were pushing, hey, give pain pills to you know these patients. So doctors were prescribing them like candy and people were taking them and they felt good. So they would keep taking them. And then all of a sudden the government said, you can't prescribe these people are being addicted so they stop being able to get that. So a lot of people turn to street drugs because it gives them the same kind of feeling of just being relaxed. And I can tell you, whenever I had my children and I was in the hospital and they gave me, like at first I wouldn't take any pain medicine because I didn't want to feel sick to my stomach. And sometimes things with codeine make me sick. So I had a C-section and the first day I was just taking extra strength Tylenol because I'm like, I don't want to feel nauseous like nauseous like I'd rather have pain and they were like oh you can't just keep taking Tylenol so they finally figured out they could give me like Darvaset so I took it and I slept 
like I had never slept in my life. And anyone who has been nine months pregnant with twins on top of it, I hadn't slept in like months. It was the best sleep of my life. So I totally could understand why people might be, you know, addicted because if it makes you feel better, but that only lasts for so long. And that's not a true replacement of what really makes you feel better, which is things like exercising, doing things that you really love doing, like singing or writing or, you know, whatever it is that really makes your heart sing, that's what you really need to be doing more of, things that you're passionate about. And like for me, that's doing this podcasting, writing, coaching, all of those kinds of things. So that's what I want to focus more on for 2020. I wanted to pull a card for you guys before I left. And so the card that I pulled is from the Chakra Healing Deck by the Sage Goddess. And it is, it has to do with your sacral chakra, which is interesting because the sacral chakra is where we we feel pleasure in our lives. And the card is trust and surrender. Your fiery energy manifests in your expansive creativity. When you trust in your most authentic self, you are full of life and vibrant color. Surrender to your process and enjoy all that you birth in the world. Spend time in nature as a source of creative fuel. Even the flowers will speak to you about ideas for your expression if you let them in. I love that. And I think Spending time in nature is another great way to feel better because we really ground ourselves. Mother Earth is very healing energy. So go outside. If you're in an area where it's nice enough to take your shoes off and put your feet in the grass, do it. Unfortunately, it's a little chilly here. But I can't wait. When Christmas is over, I'm like, okay, summer, here we go. Let's go. Let's get here because I'm ready for the warm weather again. All right, guys. Well, I want to thank you so much for being with me. I am sending you guys so many positive vibes, energy, prayers, whatever you need. I hope that you feel it. I hope you make 2020 the best year of your life. And again, don't ever hesitate to reach out to me for the entire month of January because I know that January, we're starting a new year. Everyone says, oh, I want to be a new me. So I am offering 30% off on all of my coaching sessions. So whether you get a 60-minute session, a 90-minute session, or packages, all of them are 30% off right now. If you go to my website, melissaoatman.com, you can check out the pricing. You can also pay through the website, but if you are ready to book, just contact me. All my contact info is in the description to the podcast. It doesn't matter how you reach out to me, but we will set up your own personal session. That way you can get the time that is best for you. And we will meet through Zoom and your personalized session will be very personalized to you. I always connect with your energy before we meet to see what you need. I talk to you about what I got Then we go over what you want to get out of the session, and then we go from there. And sometimes I give you mantras, sometimes we do meditation, sometimes some Reiki, whatever I think you need for the session. So I would love to work with you. Don't hesitate to reach out to me. Some people reach out and they just say, I'd like to work with you, but I don't know what I want. That's perfectly fine. Reach out. We'll go from there. As always, don't forget to follow me on social media. I go live on Facebook, Mondays at 5.30 Central. And I also do readings on Instagram, so check that out. And don't forget to like this podcast, leave reviews, subscribe, share it with others. 
You are all helping me in my mission to heal as many people as possible. I love you guys. I want to thank you so much for being with me on this journey. And I will talk to you again soon. Bye-bye.